This is April Federico with Brownies for Breakfast, and I'm here live with Esther Avent. And she has been working in the fitness industry since 2006 and worked in a variety of settings, commercial, corporate, boutique, and municipal. And this was all before she had launched her online program in 2015. So welcome, Esther. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So can you tell us a bit about your background? Yeah. So I'll try to keep it brief because thinking back, it's almost 20 years. So that's a lot of, a lot of stuff to condense, but basically um, I went to college for exercise science largely because I had discovered working out in college right. I mean, in high school and was like, I just want to get paid to work out all day. So I was um, sorely mistaken in thinking that that would be <laughs> what, uh, what it was actually like. But long story short, while I was in college, I got certified as a personal trainer. I started working at my first in-person job. And it was through my early interactions with clients that I realized the exercise piece was really just kind of such a small piece of the puzzle. And most of the women I was working with had weight loss goals, wanted to improve their health. And while what they were doing in the gym was beneficial, it was just such a small fraction of their lives. We would meet for 30 minutes, maybe an hour, a couple times a week. And there was just so much that was happening outside of those sessions. That's when I started getting into the nutrition piece of health and got internships, certifications, really sort of dove into building out that part of my skill set. And then that led to what I think of as sort of the final piece of the puzzle, which is the psychology, habit change, behavior modification, that sort of thing, where all the knowledge in the world doesn't actually do anybody any good if you can't use it to help someone actually make meaningful and lasting change in their lives. So that sort of brought us full circle once I dove into that piece and really learned how do I take the science that I know and present it in such a way that clients are inspired to take action, do something with it, and in a way that's gonna gonna stick rather than you know being really intense in the short term. How do we help them lean into consistency over the long term? And that is uh, is sort of how I have ended up here. As far as owning owning my own business, that sort of began when I met my now husband, who's in the military, and the thought of completely giving up my career didn't really feel like an option. I also didn't want to find a new gym, get hired as a personal trainer, build up a clientele, the whole thing every time we moved. So it was sort of the the early days of the internet when I started thinking, well, people are making money doing fitness things on the internet. Why not me? And then many, many years later, I finally developed a viable business through it. Um, And now our coaching sort of encompasses all of the aspects of my background that uh, that I just talked about. That's amazing. And c- congratulations to you and all your certifications. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And um, I'm just curious, um, as, an, as an aspiring entrepreneur myself, um, how long did it take you to build up your clientele? And especially for listeners who are thinking about starting a business in the fitness realm, et cetera. That's a great question, a loaded question. Um, and actually, it's it's very similar to weight loss in that the answer is going to be a lot longer than you think, yeah. a lot longer than you want it to be. I think 
we see people who are further ahead of us, whether it's people who are thinner and maintaining their weight loss or people who are further along in business. And we just kind of think, okay, well, that's what I want. So how do I expedite the process to get there? And in reality, you know, certainly if people can do it faster, faster than I did. And I think that's, you know, where the power of coaching is to learn from other people's mistakes. But I would say the number one thing is to really lead with value. Just give, 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 give without expecting anything in return. And, you know, the the universe kind of evens it out and the clients will come. And once you get some momentum going, it, you know, that snowball just gets bigger and bigger. So I feel like getting the first couple of clients under your belt can really feel like a lot. And, you know, you might have your your shingle out there for for months before you get your first client. And then once you do, it's like, okay, this is evidence that what I'm doing is working. And then you know, kind of using that, leveraging the social proof, leveraging the testimonials, leveraging your developments as a coach through that relationship to then, you know, get your next client a little bit faster and then the next one faster than that. And it sort of grows from there. But I'd say with any goal, keep keep the goal the goal to, you know, get booked out at whatever your capacity is, mm-hmm. but be flexible with your time frame yep. and just remind yourself that's going to happen. And I'm not going to give up until it does. Right. If it takes me, you know, 30 days or three months or six months or a year or three years, so be it because I'm committed enough. And I know that this is my, um, my purpose. So I will do it until, until I figure it out. Um, so it's hard to give a range. I'd say, you know, anywhere from a few months to a few years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It does really range for a lot of people. And, um, I appreciate you sharing your insight. So, um, yeah, this topic that we're going to be discussing today is how and why listeners should make their own health a priority in their lives and the positive impact it will have on your confidence, relationships, and your careers. And this is a topic that became near and dear to my heart in February 2022 when I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And that was kind of like the wake up call to just take care of my health. And, um, so why, like in a nutshell, why do you think that listeners should make their health a priority in 2023? There's only one you, and if you want to be at your best, if you want to be able to serve other people, if you want to be able to show up fully for your family, for your career, for anyone else around you, you need to be prioritizing yourself. I think the approach most people take is sort of from the outside in where work monopolizes the biggest chunk of your time and energy and then come your family's needs. And finally with whatever is left over or not left over is self-care and the impact that has over longer periods of time is that you end up worn down, burnt out, unhealthy, unhappy, lacking confidence, feeling stuck, and nothing else in your life is thriving because Mm -hmm. you are not your best. So although it can feel selfish to a lot of women, especially moms, to focus on yourself first, I think sometimes that perspective of, well, how would other people benefit from you being a priority in your own life? What kind of example does that set? How does that shift things in the way you show up, in the way you interact with people? Those benefits spider out. And 
I think that's, you know, that's one of the most compelling reasons to make your health a priority in the new year. Another one being the lessons that learning to optimize your health teaches you Mm -hmm. are applicable to any other area of your life. As you know, from getting this diagnosis and then basically using that as a catalyst to make major changes, those are not unique to just that situation. Probably as growing a business, you're like, oh, you know what? One thing I did was I recommitted to my goal every day and I showed up and I was consistent with the things that I knew mattered. So I think the the lessons that prioritizing our health teaches us Mm -hmm. then impact and kind of spill over into the other areas. For example, when you start strength training and you realize how much stronger you are than you thought or how much more capable your body is than your brain wants you to believe and you Mm -hmm. get in the habit of pushing through when things are hard instead of giving up. Yes, it's great to be strong and there are tons of benefits just of that in and of itself. But I think the most impactful is then when you step outside the gym and you're faced with something difficult, you have that experience to call on. You have some evidence of, I've done hard things before. This doesn't need to be any different. So it helps you see what you're capable of. And then that positively impacts everything else. Yeah. Like when I was first diagnosed, like my mom said to me, um, you know what, April, you've been through tougher situations than diabetes. And, um, and it really struck a chord of truth in me because like i realized that i have like the confidence and the emotional intelligence to like deal with this diagnosis and to like take care of my health as a result that's such a great takeaway that's a i think that's a rare reaction and it's something that's so important that's one of the pillars of our coaching program actually is developing confidence in yourself yeah and you know, especially I think with, with health and weight loss specifically, the more times you try and you feel like you failed, the harder mm-hmm. it is to gear yourself up and try again, because you feel like you have this big stack of evidence that it's not going to work this time either. So really working on, you know, how do I need to think about myself differently? How do I need to approach differently? Who do I need to surround myself with in order to start to believe that it's possible for me to get a different outcome than I have before? Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. And um, yeah, it's mainly like try, I I don't want to say mainly, but um, there's, there is a lot of trial and error. And um, like, for example, I know with, like, my diagnosis, I need to know, like, what foods, like, make my blood sugar go up, what what keeps it at bay. And, yeah, it's just like a roller coaster, literally and figuratively. So, um, <laughs> yeah, being willing to experiment with yourself is so necessary. Most of us want, like, the cheat codes of, well, just tell me the answer. And while there are, you know, while there is science and there are sort of overarching principles, how to apply those things to your unique life mm-hmm. is is very unique to you. So even with guidance, there does need to be some ownership of, <clears throat> I'm gonna just going to try this. I think this is the best option for me. I'm going to try it and I'm going to see. And to learn how to reflect on your experience, to interpret data from a neutral place of just wanting to learn and grow and see what you know your quote unquote failure is really just feedback of, okay, did that work the way I thought it was going to or not? 
If it did, right. great, I'll keep doing it. If not, what am I going to learn from it? And what am I going to do differently this next time so that I'm always refining my process until I figure it out? Exactly. Yeah. And um, you mentioned that um, you are with your husband in the who's in the military. And um, how has, um, I'm curious, like, and I'm sure my listeners want to know, like, for their own relationships, no matter if it's like, if it's like with their significant other, with their friends or with their family, um, how does nutrition or um, even exercise and weight loss impact um, relationships? That's a great question. I'm very fortunate that one of the things that my husband and I first bonded over was mm-hmm. just sort of our, our general interest in being healthy, being active, exercising. Yeah. So I have it very, very easy that anything I cook, he'll make and he'll like, and <laughs> he, you know, he doesn't resist any of the, you know, nutrition suggestions I make or things like that. Um, and I know that not everyone is in that position. Some people have very picky family members or people who aren't wanting to change, even though, you know, you are, and that is a, an element of difficulty. But ultimately what I see in our clients most often is that just sort of taking the lead and deciding, I'm going to do this for me. I'm going to make my health a priority this year for me. And it's not hinging on whether or not you want to kind of jump in with me. I'm not going to force you to do what I'm doing. I'm not going to you know, whine and complain if you're eating something that I'm not going to. Right. I recognize that this is my journey and if I don't have the support or the understanding, that's fine. It's not going to stop me. Mm-hmm. Very, very mostly. The rest of the family starts to see, you know, I, we work primarily with women. So they start to see mom is feeling happier. She's not yelling as much. She's not as frustrated with us. She's <laughs> more likely to play with us. The spouses often notice she's feeling more confident. She's more comfortable being intimate. Maybe she's even initiating and, um, you know, then making making the spouse feel good. Um, so generally, everyone else benefits. And yep. I think once once they start to see those benefits, that's when the the partner might come around and feel like, oh, well, what you've done before, you were super miserable and you were snappy and I wanted none of it. You feel, you know, you were seeming super, super miserable. This actually seems like you're happier, you your blood work is improving, you're healthier, you you know want to have sex with me, all those things. That sort of piques their interest of, all right, tell me more. Maybe I'm interested in trying a little bit of what you're doing. Or they just benefit by proxy of, you know, I stopped buying so many snack foods, everybody stopped eating them. Um, so I think it very seldom do I see someone taking control of their health have a negative impact on their relationship. And if it does, I think that's a pretty big red flag that it's probably not the only issue that that person doesn't support your health journey um, and potentially just kind of highlights other issues in the relationship that need to be worked on. Yeah, I agree. And um, what about um, the aspect of career? What, what would you have to say to that? One of the biggest things I see is that especially women in professional careers where they might be in a male dominated dominated industry or they're you know in the minority in boardrooms and meetings and things like that confidence plays a huge role mm-hmm. when when women are feeling like they're going to be perceived as you know the just the fat lady that nobody listens to mm-hmm. or they 
don't even feel comfortable speaking up and saying, you know, I have an idea or actually that was my idea that someone else yeah. is, you know, taking credit for things like that. I think feeling comfortable in your skin, regardless of size is really a game changer. The way you carry yourself is different. The way you, you know, enter a room, the way you interact with other people, you're more willing to assert yourself, to establish boundaries, to really convey how smart and how qualified you are. Yeah. Maybe you'll have the confidence to put in for a promotion where previously you would have thought, oh, you know, why would they pick me? And I see that with so many of our clients, just the willingness to, and this kind of ties back to exercise again, of like yeah. putting yourself in uncomfortable positions mm -hmm. makes it feel that much more comfortable outside of the gym. So if you're used to feeling tired and pushing yourself to finish the workout, then when it comes time to apply for a career change or a promotion and it feels so uncomfortable, that's a familiar feeling. You're like, okay, that's yeah. fine. I've done that. I've, I've been uncomfortable for it. This is no different. So just, you know, something I've noticed in my career so many times is you only get the opportunities that you seek out, that you put exactly. your ring in the hat for. And do you get them all? No, but you definitely don't get them if you don't try. So I think just that willingness to put yourself out there becomes so much greater when you've prioritized your health. And then from there, who knows what, you know, where, where the road is going to take you um, and your possibilities just open up so much more because you have taken that first kind of initiative. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with everything you just said. Um, because like, if you want something to happen, like you have to make it happen. And, um, I'm a strong believer in that. So, um, yeah. So, um, what other advice do you have, um, in the last couple minutes here for my listeners to, um, really start taking care of their health in 2023? I think the thing I really want to convey is to just start. You yeah. don't need to have it all figured out. You don't really need to know what comes after the first step. All mm -hmm. you have to do is figure out one step. And though a lot of people feel like, I don't know what to do, and there's so much overwhelm and so much confusion, if you zoomed out, you do have some idea of the habits that you could change that would improve your life a little bit. Maybe it's something yeah. simple like starting the day with a glass of water or swapping out your fourth cup of coffee for <laughs> a, you know, a water or something like that. Maybe it's realizing I do a ton of snacking. I don't even notice that I'm doing it. So I'm going to stop buying so many of those things. So the, the opportunity just disappears. So just start somewhere. And I'm a big advocate of starting small and getting some wins under your belt and getting some momentum going. And then going back to confidence, developing the confidence to then tackle the bigger and bigger things. So if you don't feel ready to totally overhaul everything, that's fine. What's just one thing you can do today? that will be a step in the right direction. And then tomorrow, what's another step in the right direction? And just give yourself, going back to what we were talking about, about building a business and not being too attached to your deadline, give yourself the gift of time. So many of us, especially in the new year, yep. are like really raring to go. We want to do all the things at once. And what we find time and time again is that we take on too much. We sputter out. We stop doing anything. We rinse and repeat over and over and over again. And we don't make meaningful change over the course of a year. So instead of feeling like, oh, this is too slow. I want to take on more. I just want to get there already. Take a different approach. And instead of trying to do the first six things at once, do one thing for two weeks, add the next thing, maybe even up to a month, 
do it, do that first thing until it starts to feel just like what you do and starts to feel normal. Then stack another thing on it and really give yourself the opportunity to cement each habit before you add another one. And over the same course of time, the course of the same time, you will have accomplished so much more and you'll feel so much more confident about maintaining those habits than if you had tried to do it all at once. Amazing advice. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And um, so where can my listeners find you on social media or out there in the big World Wide Web? (laughs) (laughs) So my website is estheravant.com, E-S-T-H-E-R-A-V-A-N-T. Uh, that's my handle on Instagram, esther.avant. You can find me on Facebook. And I also host a podcast called the Live Diet Free Podcast that you can find in all the normal places. Amazing. Okay. Well, um, any final thoughts? I don't think so. I guess uh, my final thought would be thank you for listening to this episode. And now that you have the time, the ball is in your court to take some action, do something and report back on wherever, wherever April posts this and let us know what your first step was. Yes. So by the time you guys are listening to this, it will be 2023. So um, thank you, Esther, for being on. And yeah, I will see you guys next week.